0: Live from London, this is The Twilight Show with Leanne Latz.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to tonight's show, The Twilight Show. We are with you from 6 till 7.30, so you have me for 90 minutes. We are talking all things Ofsted for, this t- t- for today's show. We have the good, the bad and the downright ugly. Um, so please call in text in I would love to hear from you I'm sure everybody has their own Ofsted story to tell can't wait to hear from you
0: Live from London this is The Twilight Show with Leanne Latz on Teachers Talk Radio Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio follow the hashtag ttradio Tune in Talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. So
1: hello everybody and welcome back to the Thursday Night Twilight show. I have been off air for a couple of weeks now, but welcome back into the studio. It is lovely to have you all in and hopefully you have some of your own Ofsted stories to share with me today. So how was your Christmas break? Did you go away? Did you stay at home? Um, I myself had a staycation, I'm not sure if I would call it a staycation, possibly more of a homecation, um, I don't live with my parents anymore so usually in the holidays I go down to South London to escape the hustle and bustle of North London so I did that this Christmas holiday and it was it's just nice to get out of Dodge sometimes I think, just to have a bit of a break from the norm you know, I think that's nice to get away from kind of when I'm, you're near your school, which I am nice to get away from the area that reminds you of school. So give your brain a bit of a break, a mental break, which is always really important in the holidays to switch off uh, from work and from seeing things that remind you of work. So, um, actually can't believe that we've already done a term. It's a little bit scary. Uh, Seemed like the longest term ever seemed like such a really long holiday so that is a bit crazy but one term down two terms to go I have to say though I have probably been doing a mixture of the things that you probably shouldn't do together especially when you are a teacher so uh, in September I moved schools I changed year groups went from year six all the way down to reception and I also bought my first flat so Besides the fact that we also work with children, that was probably not a fabulous mixture of things to do together. Uh, interestingly, though, everybody keeps asking me how the move is going. Really lovely, all my really lovely kind colleagues at school have been asking how the move's gone and am I nicely settled in. And I have to say, my go to answer since Tuesday is I have Wi Fi. Now, I do have furniture, I have a couch, I'm sitting at a dining room table, but I have wi-fi everybody i didn't have wi-fi for about a month now i know that sounds very 21st century-ish but it it was a it was a little bit quiet in my flat a little bit lonely in my flat without a little bit of internet so like i say i do have furniture but i have internet which is great because i can talk to all of you guys and you can talk to me so especially important as well my father had said to me do you have wi-fi just in case there's online learning said, yes, I have Wi-Fi, but I'd really like to not use it for online learning. So yeah, that is how my first few months at my new school have gone, done a mixture of things together that you probably shouldn't do. Um, how has your couple first couple of days been back at school? Has it gone smoothly? Have there been a few bumps along the way? I am sure we will be talking lots of bumps today with my fabulous guests. So before I introduce my amazing guests, I just wanted to say, this is the best type of teacher therapy and the best staff room around unfortunately i cannot give you tea coffee and biscuits but i can give you some really great teacher chit chat and i think at the end of the day especially nowadays guys we all need a little bit of teacher chit chat so uh yeah welcome to your 90 minutes of teacher therapy have a chat with me there is space in the chat So please let me know what you're thinking. Let me know if you have any fabulous, or not so fabulous, Ofsted stories. I know they are out there, guys. So uh, yeah, let me know what they are. So good evening, Tom. Thanks for coming in, thanks for listening. Um, So my first guest today is Julie Price Grimshaw. And Julie has been a teacher in secondary for 16 years, which I think is amazing. I just feel so privileged that we get to talk and to listen to teachers who have been doing it for such a long time. Um, And uh, I feel feel a little bit very lucky to get to uh, pick their brains. So she was also the PGCE course manager at Manchester Metropolitan. And finally, she is... is what's possibly uh, an Ofsted inspector so I cannot wait to have her in the studio and I'm sure we are going to hear all the different stories about Ofsted. Um, After Julie I have another Ofsted inspector I did promise you an Ofsted show so uh, I have John Cosgrove in and his twitter bio I must say guys it does not do him justice it really doesn't. Uh, It's a few words, first word being author. The second phrase being that he is an inclusion advocate and I totally agree with him on that point coming from my former school where we had a autistic provision and in the afternoon we had inclusion and they were included into our topic lessons in the afternoon. It was just amazing and what a great way for children to uh, form relationships. So he was also a former head and most importantly for the show tonight guys. He is an Ofsted inspector. So can't wait to get his thoughts and Julie's thoughts on Ofsted nowadays. Uh, Like I said in the introduction, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So like I said, please join in the chat. Please let me know what your thoughts are. um, And please let me know where you're you're listening in from and what kind of teacher are you? Are you primary? Are you secondary? What do you do in education? So uh, before we go to Julie, and I believe she is in the studio, which is always lovely, Uh, just going to play you the news so we will be back uh, after this
2: are you looking to take your phonics practice forward then little wandle letters and sounds revised is the program for you created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics little wandle letters and sounds revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind the program offers complete support for your phonics teaching alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Colin's Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewonderlettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org.
0: this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio news with gail glenn
3: this weekend the 8th and 9th of january the Eton project is offering free entry to all in the education sector ice skating is still on and all is free if you bring your proof of employment with you a pay slip Photo id name badge or membership card are all acceptable as proof of employment. Teachers, teaching assistants, school, college and university staff and home educators all qualify for free entry. Schools in Mozambique have been adversely affected by terrorism. According to ADRA, the Adventist Development and Relief Agency, only 8 out of 17 districts in the Cabo Delgado region have operational schools. Since 2017, according to the report, 46 schools have been vandalised and 173 forced to close. To date, 8 teachers are reported to have been killed in Pemba, the capital of Cabo Delgado. Schools in the province are expected to open on the 22nd of January, but it is thought that persistent terror attacks might derail this plan. In Syria, Ramadan Darwish, director of the Centre for Educational Measurement and Evaluation, revealed that the number of dropouts in Syria over the past 10 years, exceeds 1.1 million students. He said that it would be a significant challenge to bring young people back to education if they have joined the labour market. UNICEF estimates that 2.1 million children in Syria and 700,000 children in neighbouring countries are deprived of education, while a further 1.3 million students are at risk of dropping out of school. This has been your latest Teacher's Talk Radio news with Gail Glenn.
0: (laughs) This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teacher's Talk Radio.
4: Happy New Year! This is the first in a short series on the New Year's resolution a lot of us make and the effect tech can have on it. Can technology really help us get fit and healthy? According to the Fitness Industry Association, around 80% of people who sign up to a gym in January stop going in February. Can technology provide a free alternative? Now, before I start, I need to throw down a disclaimer here. I am assuming you already have a mobile device that is capable of running apps, therefore the cost of the device is written off, and I take no responsibility for any pain, both physical and or mental that you will inflict on yourself you are responsible for your own scaling and moderation that being said there are thousands of free fitness apps out there the first barrier for teachers is time school week have reported one in four teachers working over 60 hours a week so in a 12-hour day where do you fit a workout in if the gym's out of the question what are the other alternatives that are time flexible Let's start with some totally free options. YouTube is full of fitness videos and challenges from sit-ups and press-ups to squats and chin-ups. A more extreme example is Athlean-X. This channel is dedicated to workouts with pro trainer, Jeff Cavalier some claiming to make a difference in just seven minutes a day. This may seem crazy, but seven minutes is a lot more than nothing and adds up to more than three quarters of an hour per week. If you're more of a social media motivated person, how about one of the many fitness tracking apps for walking, running or cycling? Most have a free basic package and in-app purchases for additional features. If I use Strava as an example, a free basic package allows you to track your exercise, join friends, set challenges, and meet people around the globe with similar interests. My only word of warning would be to ensure you consider your profile settings to keep yourself safe. Hiding the start and end of a walk, run or ride for example, will stop your home being shown on a map. For most people pushed to time, this will be where you start and end your exercise. Also, if you exercise regularly at the same time, this could be showing the world where you're likely to be or when your house is empty. For those who want to start softly and just be a bit more active, a less intensive option may be having a step counting app. Again, there are lots of different apps out there. My example is Sweatcoin, a free app that allows you to earn sweat coins, a form of digital <laughs> currency that can be traded in the Sweatcoin store for discount codes, vouchers, and even given to good causes. This is a simple app and can run in the background, so you don't even need to remember to switch it on. Finally, calorie counter apps are a great way to look at what is actually going on in your body in the first place. On apps like MyFitnessPal, you can log your weight, calorie consumption, calorie output, and also have the ability to sync this with other fitness apps, so you don't need to log your exercise twice. As long as you're honest and log all of those glasses of Prosecco, not just the first, you're rewarded with detailed feedback on not only your calorie intake and output, but where those calories came from. Whatever you choose to do for the new you in the new year, why not do a bit of looking around and see what you can pick up for free first? I'll leave you with one of my favourite sayings, anyone can do nothing. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute
0: Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Well, gosh, that's a lot of tech in two minutes. My goodness. So I, I'm just happy that my technology is working today. And I'm just going to bring hopefully Julie into the studio. Julie, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Can you hear I mean, me? I can. Loud and clear. How are you? Okay, I know you've thanks. not been too well.
5: No, no. I um, I caught COVID in September and I've mm. had a bit of trouble with it. And uh, yeah, I had another bit of covid related trouble over christmas unfortunately. Um but um but yeah, I'm okay now. I'm I'm think... here today anyway and that's the main thing.
1: Yeah, that that sounds like too many educators this christmas, I think.
5: Yeah, yeah. But... It's it's uh, it is a bit worrying really. Uh, there's been lots of calls uh, seen on twitter a lot of people saying uh, you know, why can't these Ofsted inspectors, uh, these HMI, why can't they uh, go and volunteer at their local school and do mm-hmm. something useful? <laughs> and I've, <laughs> I've, I've sort of hesitated to get involved in that one really. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, although I was an inspector for a long time, mm-hmm. and I do other work now. One of the jobs I do is um, I teach English in a secondary school. Um, and I, I want to say to people, actually, you know, it, I, I can highly recommend it. Uh, for for anybody really to to get back in the classroom Uh, having said that um, I I think there's a real there's a real risk at the moment with the pandemic and I'm Mm. I'm probably hyper nervous about it because I've had COVID and I've got long COVID so a nice idea in principle but I can't actually blame anybody for being hesitant about going back into the classroom at this moment in time
1: Absolutely.
5: So uh, I I give
1: you a little bit of a bio just before you came on and I think I started off with 16 years as a
5: secondary teacher. Um, Uh, Yeah, mostly in secondary, yeah. Um, But I used to go and do a lot of uh, primary work and I became involved in teacher training while I was uh, working in schools. So mm -hmm. I I ended up doing some uh, cross-phase work through that and, uh, yeah, became, you know, over the years actually, uh, you know, got a bit more involved in primary teaching um, I will say um, I'm not an early years person and I've got the most admiration for early years people mm. because I used to say, you know, I, it, I don't think I can teach in a classroom that's got a spare underwear cupboard. That's just <laughs> not something I can personally cope with. But I think early years people are amazing. And yeah. I've always said, you know, anybody who's training to be a teacher, you know, in no matter what phase, I mean, through to post 16. You've got to go and look at early years and you've got to see how mm. the best people do early years because it's just fantastic.
1: I, I think as well, like I haven't done secondary, but I have moved around primary quite a bit and i um I did year six last year, and I'm now in reception um, and I have to say i wow. I don't have a, an underwear drawer, but I do have underwear hanging off in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I love the description of the class, the EYFS classroom. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah, you have, I, I, I admire you tremendously. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, no,
1: I admire my colleagues as well that are doing it. I mean, it's a different ball game and I think you're so right. It's so important to see where the children begin yeah. on their education journey.
5: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so I, I thought it'd be interesting to, for you to kind of explain your journey to Ofsted inspector status, because um, I, I always wonder how you become this like mystical object of an Ofsted inspector.
5: <laughs> <laughs> right, well, so for me it was that I was um, I was working in school um, and uh, I, I was getting more and more involved in teacher training and my dream job was to to really, you know, get into teacher training uh, Full time. I um, managed, I was very, very fortunate. I got a post at Manchester Met University and I was involved in running a secondary PGCE there, and I also worked on the primary undergraduate uh, BED course and the primary PG course. And it was an absolutely fantastic job, it was a brilliant job. And um, I think I've been there two years and we had an inspection, we had an Ofsted inspection. And, and people always are you, a bit shocked by this, but teacher training inspections in those days lasted a year. So oh, my God. Used to turn up, know, they used to turn up at sort of near the beginning of the academic year and they'd make so many visits over the course of the year. So you wow. knew they were always going to be there. But um, they did see the whole process and it was actually um, a fantastic experience because I had a. a total expert inspector very very professional I learnt a lot from her Um, you know it was really really productive it was a great experience Uh, so I was happy with that and actually I would certainly have stayed in that job except it was a fixed term contract and they couldn't guarantee me a job for the following academic year and then uh, I got an email uh, from the, the lady that had uh, inspecting my course and she said that look I'm nothing to do with recruitment and you know this is a long shot but we're going to be advertising for people to come into HMI to inspect teacher training and you might be interested um, so actually that was how it happened I applied um, mostly because I needed I needed a job <laughs> and, <laughs> you know um, I, th- I thought at the time this is this is a heck of a long shot well, mm-hmm. I went into Ofsted as HMI in um, 2001. And uh, during the induction, I went and I did some school inspection and some monitoring visits and all sorts of things. It was fantastic. And then I was inspecting mostly um, u- universities and, and colleges, teacher training providers for quite a few years. And then mm-hmm. from 2005, I went into school inspection. And I left HMI in 2007. Uh, I, went, I was actually working sort of freelance, but doing a lot for the DFE and teacher training. I carried on inspecting till about 2013. So um, overall, I was involved in, uh, I, I was trying to work out, because people always say how many inspections. It's in the hundreds, but I can't, wow. you know, it's, it was a lot of inspection work. Um, so, yes, it was. It, it, and it was very interesting. I met I met some of the most brilliant people. I'm sure uh, they were incredible people. It was, um, you know, it, it, I'm not going to say it was the it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. But, you know, <laughs> I, it was uh, it was something I don't regret at all because it was fantastic uh, experience most of the time. Um, but I will be honest, and I have said this before. There's, things started to happen, and not just me, but I know a few of my colleagues, not entirely comfortable about the direction that Ofsted was going in then. So eventually, you know, I um, I gave up inspection uh, as such and uh, moved into other things. I'm working now with teacher training providers and schools, um, but also I'm a teacher myself, so um, life's not boring. <laughs> i'm sure not <laughs>
1: um i i wonder i picked up on something you mentioned about uh, i think we've all seen changes in ofsted as the years have gone by um and i i wonder if you could i know we do this with the children give do a compliment sandwich for ofsted
5: <laughs> oh wow uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe for like ofsted nowadays or for maybe Ofsted when you were uh, uh, inspecting maybe that would be easier
5: yeah, I think um, it involved a bit of time travel to do it as a true sandwich, I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I would, I'd say what was the best time in inspection for me was mm-hmm. when it used to be about um, the sort of unique identity of of the school. So mm-hmm. we acknowledge different schools do things in very different ways. And they come from very different communities. And everywhere is, is quite unique. Mm-hmm. So as an inspector to go in and say, um, put all our sort of feelings about what should be done to the mm-hmm. side, look mm-hmm. at what's happening, look at how well it's working, look at how well children are learning. And that there was a there was a period when it was all about that. It was very much about what works. And it was about encouraging schools to do the very best they could for their children and... I thought that was that was a really good time to be inspecting. I will say, um, you know, we we came across very few schools that had what I would consider to be serious problems. Um, mm. You know, we did, yeah, we I came across a few, but the vast majority of schools that I was involved with, it was a good experience uh, as far as I'm concerned. And. I think the direction it sort of traveled in, and I'm, I'm sort of saying this apart from where we are now and a lot of like the blogs I'm writing now are really about Ofsted uh, during the COVID pandemic because this is something that I'm very concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say that that's, that's my main thing at the moment is I'm, I'm talking to a lot of heads, uh, you know, heads are approaching me um, and, and some of them are quite personally um, distraught by recent ex, uh, inspection experience. Mm. Some of them feel that their staff are, uh, <laughs> have really suffered because of it and their communities have suffered. And the, I suppose the, you know, the bad bit about it is that we have to accept this is a high stakes inspection system we have in this country, in England it's very, very high stakes, it's, it's very dependent on these gradings. Mm-hmm. And um, it's open to all sorts of misinterpretation, which isn't helpful to a lot of schools. Mm. Um, I mean, some people think that uh, I'm, I'm against inspection or I'm against any sort of regulation and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, I think there's it got to come a time when we actually start to get back to working with schools and supporting schools and looking at what's out there and what works and how we can do the very best for our pupils. And that may involve some external input. It may involve some scrutiny and we've got to be very, very careful about safeguarding, of course. But I just feel that, um, first of all, the inspections during the pandemic, I think this has been a real worry to a lot of people. And and also, you know, we've got to look at what we actually mean by supporting schools and giving them external input and and peer support as well, you know, that that is really going to help and is really going to make a difference to people.
1: I think it's really interesting that uh, the one phrase you mentioned about uh, looking for the unique identity of the school yeah. um because i i i'm not sure about high school but in primary that that's quite a big thing at the moment i the phrase i've lost the phrase and um, we talk about the children's capital um i can't think of the phrase but do you do you think ofsted are looking for kind of cookie cutter generic tick boxes at the moment
5: that's um, certainly what, what something that's that's coming over to to me from recent inspections and i've been I was involved quite heavily in governance a few years ago. I was working for quite a large mat. And so I was I was involved in inspection on the other side of the table, so to speak. Mm. And yes, it was so so things like, you know, um, you felt that, that there'd been some training on um, say, the use of picture books. And we would be saying to one of the inspectors, um, Hey, look. You know, we've got this child here who is an elective mute. She's had a lot of trauma. We're using these picture books, and it's really helping. And she's now starting to to say words. And you know, we're really mm-hmm. delighted. And uh, and we were told, no, no, the use of picture books is completely wrong. This is a missed opportunity to be improving children's phonics skills, and you must never oh. use picture books. And and that I found very difficult. To mm-hmm. To cope with, because it was like there was no consideration that this is this little girl is an individual, mm-hmm. and we found something that she loves and is working for her, and I mm-hmm. don't believe any stranger has the right to come into school and say, You're doing this wrong, so I thought, okay, that might be I might have been unlucky, that might have been a unique experience, but I have to say, a lot of people have come and said, You know this sort of thing was our experience too. I mean, mm-hmm. the phonics thing is is a whole separate, you know, whole separate thing yeah. altogether. But, um, you know, a lot of people have come and said this and a lot more people are saying to me, I've got a lot to say, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm frightened, I'm really worried about saying something in case it will reflect badly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've got this thing, Ofsted are going to make a note of it and are going to give them a bad time yeah. later on and this sort of thing. So... I, I thought, you know, I mean, all, all right, I, I actually work in, I work in a school in Scotland. So, I, I, you know, this is an Ofsted free zone, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I am quite outspoken. I'm very outspoken in the blogs. But it's because I, I see good people and really good people, fantastic teachers and fantastic leaders, very, very upset.
6: Mm-hmm. And I think,
5: well, there's got to be a better way than this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a... Really, yeah yeah go on no sorry go on no that's no, right well just that these people especially during the pandemic they were turning themselves inside out yeah to make sure those children got the very best they could mm-hmm. and you know we so we've got this you know we've got all these stories about um you know so this one the one that went to pretty widespread on on twitter was uh you know a head teacher who was grieving for her grandfather who just died um the funeral was the first day of the inspection, she asked for yeah, deferral. I read that. She didn't she didn't get the deferral. Yeah, that, I mean obviously that's going to impact on yeah. everything else that happens in the inspection. So yeah. there's there's all this stuff coming forward. The the reports, have done a lot of report analysis. Um and the reports for why you know why did schools go into requires improvement, especially previously good schools was one of my focus areas. Mm-hmm. Um, because R.I., I mean, I remember somebody saying to me just before Christmas, they'd been uh, to an estate agent's in England and they heard the estate agent say, well, you know, this is, um, this is quite a nice housing estate, but the mm-hmm. school has just failed its Ofsted. Oh. And they've used the term failed the Ofsted. Actually, they've got R.I. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, we wouldn't use the term failing an Ofsted anyway, but this is the sort of thing that gets out there and is damaging to schools and damaging mm. to communities. And it doesn't make children very happy either. Um, so, you know, that the, the, the reason why schools were going into RI when they'd been good was almost always to do with this thing about um, the curriculum and, and um, discrete subjects within the primary curriculum. Uh, because the vast majority of schools that dropped to RI are primary schools. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, the vast majority, really. And the criticisms are very similar. So they will often say subject leadership in geography and history isn't good enough. Or, Mm. you know, the curriculum maps for science are not good enough because they don't show what children need to know and remember. And there's this thing about know more and remember more Mm -hmm. and and all this sort of thing. And, And they're saying very similar things. But actually, I'm saying hang on, this was a pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. the, the sort of, yeah, we, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have got all this CPD in and we could have done all this stuff, but actually people were running very, very fast to standstill. And I know because I was working with those schools, they were doing everything possible. So for someone to come in and say, you know what, it's just not good enough. That's really hard. That's upset mm-hmm. a lot of people. So that's a concern of mine.
1: I, I think also it comes I have to say, this is a sidebar, but I, I had a show a while back about picture books and right. I just, I totally agree with you because I think with picture books in any year group, you can have a discussion without fear of the words in a book.
6: Yeah, and
1: yeah. I just, as a sidebar, I just think they're wonderful for prediction for inferencing. There's just so much opportunity in pictures. Um, But yeah, that's a sidebar, but I totally, I totally agree with you on that. Um, I also, I know it's a big thing now this, you say to remember more, um, Mm -hmm. and that perhaps hopefully it's not so much about evidence in books. I don't know if that's true. Um, but then it's like you say. Uh, so many children are individuals and i think if we're expecting them to remember more the only way for an ofsted inspector to know if that's happened is to have a conversation with a child and then we sit there as teachers thinking i oh, guess which child is the ofsted inspector going to talk to and like this child's not going to talk to him because this child barely talks to me and this child's really shy and i think do do you feel like that's possibly an issue in that i think remembering is so important um, and I come from a training school where it was all about evidence, evidence, evidence. But I don't think evidence means that they've remembered it.
5: No, it's it, it, I mean, it, it, inspection to me when uh, inspection at its best was about triangulating evidence. So you take everything there is. Mm. So you take, yes, we'd be looking at books, but we'd be talking to children, we'd be talking to teachers. We'd be looking at the, whatever data was there and we'd be squaring all these things up. And, and now, of course, we haven't got any national data. We haven't had any for a while. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yes, some some of the stuff in books is very important. But I have huge concerns about inspectors talking to children. And a few a mm-hmm. few head teachers have um, have contacted me about this because um, they uh, some children are extremely nervous about yeah. talking. You know, some I'm sure um, uh, have just refused to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. In one of the inspections I was involved with, the inspector spoke to to, two girls who are very, very nervous and say very little. Mm
6: -hmm. And
5: and she said, right, um, you know, you've got to tell me five facts about the Romans. (gasps) And one of them started shaking and crying because she said... She said it was a test, and I failed the test. I failed the test. Oh my but god! Somebody comes in in a suit with a clipboard and starts asking you yes. questions. Yeah. Not all mm-hmm. children are going to rise to that. Some do. Some are amazing. You know what? Yes. You know what they can be like. But yeah. um, it's not good. It's not a, a great source of evidence all the time. And I think if it's weighted too heavily, we've got a problem. Um, you know, I'm a learner myself. I'm, I'm learning uh, Scottish Gaelic. I've got one of my classes tonight. I had mm. an exam just before Christmas, and uh, I completely went to pieces. You know, i spoke an spoken exam. Um,
4: yeah.
5: And I've been a learner for a long time, you know. <laughs> but under pressure, um, yes. I, couldn't, I couldn't do it, you know. Mm. Um, so, yes, we've got to look at how this evidence is being gathered and this evidence is mm-hmm. being squared up
1: i also i i wrote down and i think that leads quite in quite nicely into it is and i think you mentioned this in one of your uh, blog posts about um being judged publicly um and i just wrote down why do ofsted treat teachers in a way that we would never treat children
5: yeah i think that's it and i think this is something that's i'm going to be really honest about this since i've gone back into the classroom I'm actually thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, you know, how, how would I feel? I mean, I've, not, I've nothing to hide. I say anybody can come in my classroom any time. I've nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. But um, I can't help thinking, I'm, oh, you know, if the head comes in, am I being judged? How do mm-hmm. I feel about that? Um, yeah, you know, the, we t- teaching is such a personal thing. Yeah. That's why teachers, you know, feel that way about it. And I'm not saying nobody mm-hmm. should ever be observed or nobody should ever get feedback. And now the schools I'm working with now, most of them have gone to instructional coaching models and it's been very successful. But mm-hmm. Ofsted don't do not do that, really. They 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 have a way of, of gathering evidence. And at the moment, mm-hmm. it's all about input and it's all about curriculum because we haven't got any data and they won't look at schools' data. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I was always one to say, data's part of the story so if you went when we had national data if I went into a school and they were doing something uh unusual say for the teach I mean uh, this is a real this is a real case they were doing some some quite strange approaches I thought to teaching writing
4: and mm-hmm.
5: there were things I thought I'm not sure I agree with that but when I saw what the children could do and when I saw the data I thought well you know what they they're doing the right thing it's for those working. children, it's, yeah. it's working. and yes. I don't think that's part of the agenda anymore. I think the thing that concerns me the most, and this has um, come out of some work I've been doing over the last few days, is I've been looking at um, outcomes for schools that got a Section 8 inspection. Um, Mm -hmm. last term rather than a section five so uh, for anybody who doesn't know section eight inspection is um, in this context I'm talking about schools who were previously Mm -hmm. good or outstanding and Mm -hmm. it's a it was I think the idea of it was it's a shorter thing it's a narrower evidence base it's a health check
1: yes I I had a section eight at my first school when I was yeah
5: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, the confusion is it's also, it, it, because it's done under Section 8 of the Education Act, it's the term we use for monitoring visits for schools that are RI and inadequate. Oh, as well. right. but, but there are Section 8 inspections of good and outstanding schools. Mm-hmm. And what they can't do in any Section 8 inspection is change grades. There mm-hmm. is no, it, it, they have to change the inspection to a Section 5 inspection yes. in order to change the grade. So mm-hmm. I started looking at uh, these reports a few days ago because Ofsted have been very keen to tell us that, um, oh, you know, the, the autumn term was a big success despite the pandemic and lots of, um, lots of schools are good now, you know, so many schools are good. But there was something that just wasn't quite right about it. And when I looked at it, there were a lot of section 8 inspections of good and outstanding schools that include this sentence to say Basically, if they'd have had a Section 5 inspection, it might not have had as good an outcome. You know, mm-hmm. it's, oh, we have concerns about this school, but they keep the grade. Yeah. So um, quite a lot of schools got Section uh, 8 inspection, and all they get at the top of the report is something that says this continues to be a good school, mm-hmm. and then the report. Mm-hmm. I came across 74 last term mm-hmm. that said... Um, continues to be a good school. However, some of the evidence suggests that it might not have done as well if it had a Section 5 inspection now. So they're actually saying, well, well, what are they saying? Are they saying, we don't really know if it's good anymore, but we're going to say it is because we can't do very much else at the moment. Um, But then it got even more interesting because when I started to read the reports, some of them included some very, very strong criticisms of those schools. And some of those reports look worse than RI schools. So, but they sit on a good. Now, that's not the school's fault, and I'm not having a go at the schools here. I'm having a go at the system, because there's something about this that isn't quite right. Um, By the same token, there were 10 schools that got visited, and they were told... um, you're still a good school, but actually, you could be outstanding. And if you'd have had a Section Five inspection, you may have got outstanding. Now they've got to wait. Now it's like, yeah, it's, so, like dang, it's like
1: dangling the I don't know what the, the the worm in front of the fish, isn't it?
5: Well, yeah, and actually, anything. That's quite mean. <laughs> Yeah, anything could happen between now and then. Yes. So there's a chance that you know it's so near and yet so far. So it's not fair to those schools either. But no. there is certainly a case where we've got. We've got an outstand- at least, well, a few outstanding schools that have got this sentence in the report that says it retains the outstanding grade, but actually we've got some concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got uh, a school that's sitting on a good that's got a much better report than the school that's sitting on the outstanding. And I'm just thinking, you know, this is... Um, this isn't right. Ofsted are actually admitting here. I've got from the autumn term, I've got 84 schools that Ofsted have put a question mark over. Wow. And that's, when we think about the stakes of the grading system, uh, to me, that's not acceptable.
1: Yeah. It's almost like Ofsted playing the data. I hate
5: to say that, but <laughs> it, yeah. it, it seems, seems that way. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, don't, don't get me wrong because I'm not saying that those schools that are sitting on good should have got RI and, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know, I can't, I'm not even pretending to be able to make comments about that evidence because I've got some problems with the framework that I've, I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. What, what I'm saying is I, I'm you know, trying to um, support head teachers
4: mm-hmm. in
5: RI schools when they turn themselves inside out and the staff yeah. turn themselves inside out and they yeah. were told they've got RI because you know, their geography and history curriculum maps were not good enough, and mm-hmm. they may have one area for improvement related to subject leadership, and on that basis they have RI, yeah. uh, and at the same time they know that another school, with a much more damning report, is able to sit on a good, and mm-hmm. that's not fair to any of those schools. Yeah. Um, So this is something I'm I'm going to be. My next blog's going to be about this. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, (laughs) I was going to
1: put that out. Absolutely. I was going to ask you, and I think we we touched on this a bit, but um, because this was another part of your blog posts that uh, a child had said how terrible their school was because of an Ofsted report. Yes. Um, And I just wonder, how do you think Ofsted grades filter through to, to children and the child's view of a school?
5: It's, yeah, I mean, it, I, I will say that that particular, that particular school, it was heartbreaking. It was, uh, mm. it was a very challenging community and that school had worked extremely hard. But the thing that was sad about it was that, um, obviously, that the, the head has to let all the parents know. Mm. Until the head's given permission to let the parents know, they have to keep that grade to themselves. They're not allowed to tell the staff. You right. Know, so that for, for some time, sometimes for weeks, they're carrying that round
4: and mm. it's a terrible
5: burden for them. That but is. Yes, the, the schools, um, you know, they, they sent the report out and uh, the next day the kids were all saying, I, I don't want to come to this school and one of them was, <sighs> was very, very vocal about that and said, you know, yes. this, the teaching at our school's rubbish. Well, no, it doesn't say that, but that's what they saw and that's what their parents saw. Mm. And that's, that's not helpful Mm-hmm. Um, that you, you know, I think Ofsted say the reports are for the parents, but you know they're making a lot of assumptions there. I think, and mm-hmm. there are lots of things to consider about how people interpret these reports and what the actual impact on a community is.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's it, isn't it? The impact on on the community. Um, because so many schools these days are community schools, and word word travels fast. I think in small communities.
5: Absolutely, there's there's a report um, that I read where they were saying the, the, it starts off you you start you read the beginning of this report and you think, well, what a lovely school this is. It's the heart of the mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. The children say they love it. They're having a wonderful time there. They say learning is fun. Uh, the parents were very, were very happy with it. You know, Parent View said this. And then you get, you're waiting for the however. Yes. And when, when the however comes, it's mm. that, you know, the the links between geography and history weren't quite what the inspectors wanted mm. it to be. And this, wasn't, mm. this p- part of the curriculum wasn't quite what they expected it to be. Mm. And I'm thinking, you know, during a pandemic, I want children to be, saying this is a lovely caring school it's about mm-hmm. the, of the yeah. community you know i yeah. love it here that's yeah. more important because yes. there's always going to be time for the other stuff but yes. you know if you've got a school that isn't caring and loving and and so on uh, but you know yeah they've, they've made these connections in, in the curriculum
4: mm-hmm. so
5: what you know i i, I feel that that was that there's something about it that just isn't chiming really um, mm-hmm. and when i as I say, during this sort of what I think of as the golden age of inspection, <laughs> I experienced it, that's what we would have said. We would have said, you know, that the, the, the way this school cares for its children and uh, supports them and helps them to become, you know, what the best they can be. Mm. That, that's, the, that's a really, really important thing and that's why in one of the old frameworks there was a, there was a grade for care support and guidance and wow. those schools would do very well with that grade you know yeah. uh, but it's, and, and rightly so because because it is important i'm not saying mm-hmm. that academic things are not i'm absolutely not saying that yeah. but i am yeah. saying that in the midst of a pandemic the amount that we can do in terms of reshaping a curriculum
4: mm-hmm. reshaping
5: our teaching of phonics and and the, the all the stuff that's coming in in early years Um, we're limited to how many Mm -hmm. plates we can keep spinning and I'm Mm -hmm. not convinced. I've had a lot of heads say to me, Ofsted came in, they said we are post-pandemic now. Um, They weren't interested, they said let's not have any more talk about COVID and this sort of thing. And actually it's, you know, we can't pretend, That's, that's not doing anybody any good to pretend that this wasn't and doesn't continue to be a huge challenge. Mm. And I know I've got
1: uh, Miss T listening in who I've had on the show before talking about well-being and I think, I didn't know that, that that was a part of an inspection a few years back but I think you can't teach any of the subjects unless all of the PSHE, the human side of it,
5: isn't done correctly. Absolutely, so. yeah, yeah. And I think inspections of first skills worried me a lot in you know, infinite nursery schools because those children, a lot of those children... Haven't had anything like we consider a normal start to school. Yeah. So some schools that were inspected in say late September or October with children who've been through the lockdown and so on, and inspectors were saying, "Well, the behaviour's not good enough." Well, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's the end of September, and <laughs> oh, yeah. people, you know, you've got. Can you give us a chance just to get this sorted out? Yeah. Uh, because if they're, you know, that that to me is, you know to be expected it's not saying we, we're going to accept it forever and ever but it's not unusual to think that that might happen absolutely i just kind of wanted to end i
1: if you don't mind with a quote from one of your blogs yeah um so you write um must it must have been about an inspection or a school you're working in but uh you write that I, I cannot stop thinking about a wonderful primary teacher whose love for her job was so palpable that I found being in her lesson a truly emotional experience. Her pupils adored her and tried hard every single day to produce work that won her approval uh, and yeah. here comes the uh, the here comes the however yeah. Yeah.
6: Um,
1: <laughs> however, ever <laughs> since North said inspector delivered brutal and unjustified criticism of her teaching, she became a shadow of her former self. And I hate to say it, but I would imagine that's a bit of a common story nowadays with some offset inspectors.
6: Oh, you um,
1: know, it's, it's
5: actually because, um, because I still know this teacher and because uh, it's, it's actually quite hard for me to take it. It's still quite emotional for me to talk about this. I'm because sure. Um, because it was so cutting. Uh, I've never seen anybody mm. as damaged. but the, the, I mean, the inspector was brutal. Absolutely brutal. And the teacher, like a lot of us, we take our work very, very personally. Absolutely. And, and yeah, um, yes, I'm, I'm sorry to say we, it's time to rethink it because we are in danger of losing our best people, either losing them completely or losing what they could be and what they were.
6: mm
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a a, a sad but true kind of note to end on. Would you perhaps have any advice? I know we get a lot of NQTs listening in. Um, I I myself actually have never as a qualified teacher been through a full inspection. So I wonder if you just had a piece of advice for how to kind of approach an, an inspection as a teacher or as anyone in education.
5: As a teacher these days, it's going to be... Uh, that The burden of the inspection is going to be carried largely by your, 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 your management in school, I think it's reasonable mm-hmm. to say, because at one time we used to observe and give individual feedback and, uh, you know, uh, and I hated this, we had to give individual lesson gradings at one time. And yeah. thank, goodness, thank goodness that's gone. I am thrilled that that is no more. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say, uh, I mean, it sounds ridiculously cheesy but you you just have to be yourself you have Mm. to be yourself and and think why you came into this you know why and and after all this you know why am I still a teacher because what you do makes a massive difference and you know Ofsted come and go they see a snapshot and they may well come in and they may be delighted with the snapshot. So you know, I don't. I'm not sort of saying everybody who gets off study is going to have a terrible experience because I know that's not true. Mm. I'm just, I, I'm sort of on this sort of mini mission to, um, you know, point out some of the things that are causing angst, uh, yeah. unjustly, I think. So I would say to to any uh, new teacher, you know, just be yourself. Um, you know, know your value. I think that's yeah. That's what mm-hmm. i was saying. Know your value because um we've all got tremendous admiration for anyone working in schools at the moment. Really have, especially if you're in early years and you've got a spare underwear <laughs> drawer or whatever. But no, no, I don't mean that. we, no, we have got tremendous admiration for you. All. So, know your worth. Know your value. Absolutely. I think that's a
1: great great note to end on. So it's been so interesting and it's lovely to hear the ofsted side from from a different side i guess so um thank you so much for coming on julie it's been lovely
5: it's a pleasure you're most welcome thank Thank you you. bye
1: bye so that's one side of the ofsted coin i hope you enjoyed that chat Uh, i've got john in the studio before i bring him in i'm just going to go to another little ad break and then we will be back with our next ofsted inspector so hopefully you will
2: stick around. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wundle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wundle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Colin's Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News
3: with Gail Glenn. This weekend, the 8th and 9th of January, the Eton Project is offering free entry to all in the education sector. Ice skating is still on, and all is free if you bring your proof of employment with you. A payslip photo ID, name badge, or membership card are all acceptable as proof of employment. Teachers, teaching assistants, school, college and university staff, and home educators all qualify for free entry. Schools in Mozambique have been adversely affected by terrorism. According to ADRA, the Adventist Development and Relief Agency, only 8 out of 17 districts in the Cabo Delgado region have operational schools. Since 2017, according to the report, 46 schools have been vandalised and 173 forced to close. To date, 8 teachers are reported to have been killed in Pemba, the capital of Cabo Delgado. Schools in the province are expected to open on the 22nd of January, but it is thought that persistent terror attacks might derail this plan. In Syria, Ramadan Darwish, director of the Centre for Educational Measurement and Evaluation, revealed that the number of dropouts in Syria over the past 10 years, exceeds 1.1 million students. He said that it would be a significant challenge to bring young people back to education if they have joined the labour market. UNICEF estimates that 2.1 million children in Syria and 700,000 children in neighbouring countries are deprived of education, while a further 1.3 million students are at risk of dropping out of school. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio news with Gail Glynn.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve
4: Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Happy New Year! This is the first in a short series on the New Year's resolution a lot of us make and the effect tech can have on it. Can technology really help us get fit and healthy? According to the Fitness Industry Association, around 80% of people who sign up to a gym in January stop going in February. Can technology provide a free alternative? Now, before I start, I need to throw down a disclaimer here. I am assuming you already have a mobile device that is capable of running apps, therefore the cost of the device is written off, and I take no responsibility for any pain, both physical and or mental that you will inflict on yourself. You are responsible for your own scaling and moderation. That being said, there are thousands of free fitness apps out there. The first barrier for teachers is time. School Week have reported one in four teachers working over 60 hours a week. So in a 12 hour day, where do you fit a workout in? If the gym's out of the question, what are the other alternatives that are time flexible? Let's start with some totally free options. YouTube is full of fitness videos and challenges from sit-ups and press-ups to squats and chin-ups. A more extreme example is Athlean-X. This channel is dedicated to workouts with pro trainer, Jeff Cavalier some claiming to make a difference in just seven minutes a day. This may seem crazy, but seven minutes is a lot more than nothing and adds up to more than three quarters of an hour per week. If you're more of a social media motivated person, how about one of the many fitness tracking apps for walking, running or cycling? Most have a free basic package and in-app purchases for additional features. If I use Strava as an example, a free basic package allows you to track your exercise, join friends, set challenges, and meet people around the globe with similar interests. My only word of warning would be to ensure you consider your profile settings to keep yourself safe. Hiding the start and end of a walk, run or ride for example, Will stop your home being shown on a map. For most people, push for time. This will be where you start and end your exercise. Also, if you exercise regularly at the same time, this could be showing the world where you're likely to be, or when your house is empty. For those who want to start softly and just be a bit more active, a less intensive option may be having a step counting app. Again, there are lots of different apps out there. My example is Sweatcoin, a free app that allows you to earn sweat coins, a form of digital currency that can be traded in the Sweatcoin store for discount codes, vouchers, and even given to good causes. This is a simple app and can run in the background, so you don't even need to remember to switch it on. Finally, calorie counter apps are a great way to look at what is actually going on in your body in the first place. On apps like MyFitnessPal, you can log your weight, calorie consumption, calorie output, and also have the ability to sync this with other fitness apps, so you don't need to log your exercise twice. As long as you're honest and log all of those glasses of Prosecco, not just the first, you're rewarded with detailed feedback on not only your calorie intake and output, but where those calories came from. Whatever you choose to do for the new you in the new year, why not do a bit of looking around and see what you can pick up for free first? I'll leave you with one of my favourite sayings, anyone can do nothing. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve
0: Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: So welcome back in. I'm going to get John into the studio. John, can you hear me?
7: I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: I can, yeah. Lovely, loud and clear. How are you?
7: Good. I'm fine, thank you. But I, I think I'm here under false pretenses. <laughs> oh, Why is you that? Introducing me, I heard you introducing me as an Ofsted inspector. I, I'm not an Ofsted inspector. Okay. I, I'm a retired head. Um, oh, I have okay. a, I've had a lot to say about Ofsted, but not <laughs> from people, I'm afraid.
1: Okay, no, that's okay. Um, so, I, I, like I said in the beginning, I did a, a short bio based on your Twitter, but you, you sent me your bio and it, it's just amazing. I think maybe if you could kind of start by, I guess, telling us your journey, your teaching journey. Um, oh, I, I yes, know I, you
7: I Yes, yeah, sorry.
1: <clears throat> yeah, go on.
7: Um, yeah. I started 40 years, well, more than 40 years <laughs> ago now, um, and taught for. 12 years in secondary, MFL, um, moved up to, to a, a post as, as a head of year in secondary school, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, I loved that. I, I really did. But my responsibility at that time was for primary, secondary liaison. So I was going out into primary schools, and it was a large secondary school that I was um, head of year at. And I was going out to about 17 different primary schools every year and I'd go wow. and I'd talk to the pupils and I'd meet the staff and I'd look around the schools and I had to say I, I I was thinking very soon after I'd started doing this I did it for about five years but but very soon after I started doing it I was thinking to myself I really do like what primary schools are doing
6: <laughs> so mm-hmm. when I got the
7: opportunity to change I did and, and I moved into primary in London, actually, and then moved up to Lancashire briefly. And then I moved back to Cornwall, I'd started my career in Cornwall, that's where I was born. And I, and I taught for 12 years in secondary in Cornwall. And then I moved back to Cornwall um, in 1995. Um, was again um, teaching in Cornwall for, for a while as a, as a primary teacher a range of year groups i never did what you've done which i think is very brave going from year to <laughs> reception i mean I, think, yeah. I, I heard you say that and i thought wow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i i have known people do it but 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 i've had terrific admiration for them as well so so well done um, <laughs> thank I, you I, 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 just the thought of it brings me out in shivers but <laughs> But, uh, but I taught mostly juniors, I did teach some year two, and I, and I did, to be honest, spend a little time in nursery, but I, mm-hmm. I haven't, um, I haven't been the class teacher in nursery, and I haven't been the class teacher in early years. I did, one one year, I spent a term in year two, uh, when they were mm-hmm. preparing for their SATs, actually, because the
6: yeah.
7: class teacher had gone on, um, had, had Become very ill and and have had to step out. So, the the, the school asked me to cover that and and uh, and I enjoyed it. But I prefer juniors. I've I've done all year groups in juniors: year six, year three, year four, year five, um, and and uh, I've loved them all. Um, and then for the last wow. twelve years, I, I was a head teacher, and um, head teacher of a primary school in Reading. A very um, inclusive and multicultural primary school. And I was interested to hear that you were talking about inclusion with your autism. Mm-hmm. Resource. Um,
6: mm-hmm.
7: We also, we established an autism resource and it was wonderful for the school. Yes. Not, for, um, not just for the, the the children who were in the resource, um, not mm-hmm. just for their parents who mm-hmm. loved it and the children yes. had a, a great experience, but for the whole school. It, 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 Absolutely. It, it really, um, permeates and and um, raises the whole school it, 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 it affects all the other children and, and brings them something really important so yeah that, mm-hmm. that, that, that's my journey in a nutshell <laughs> a
1: <very long laughs> i nutshell. think absolutely like i said at the beginning it, for me it's such a privilege to talk to teachers that have just been doing it for so many years so uh i, I kind of can't wait to pick your brain but yeah and on the inclusion i totally agree with you um, and i like it it just uh, it's almost pshe in action it's like you don't yeah, have to absolutely. teach the pe lesson because it's just naturally embedded in those kind of schools in the community of the school
7: yeah absolutely and and, and you find that the children are very much more tolerant very much more absolutely um, yeah without necessarily even having to articulate it i mean i remember yes. going to to an event where our school were were with several other schools it was the year sixes and mm-hmm. there was a boy in our school who had Tourette's. And mm-hmm. towards the end of year six, his Tourette's began to really become um, well, become very pronounced. And, and, and he mm-hmm. used to make um, strange noises quite often. It was stress-related, obviously. Coming towards the end of year six, he was moving schools. He was going somewhere he wasn't quite sure about. He didn't want mm-hmm. to. He really wanted to stay at mm-hmm. our school. You know. Yeah. Um, and his, his Tourette's was becoming more and more pronounced. And I was interested because we went to this event and all the children were sitting in this big um, venue
6: Mm -hmm. and
7: our little lad started making his strange noises. Every other child in that venue, I mean, I suppose there must have been four or 500, all turned to see what was happening, except our children.
6: Mm. No
7: attention to it at all. Mm. They they, they just carried on Mm -hmm. listening to what was Mm -hmm. going on. And, mm. and, and I thought that was that was interesting. It brings something mm-hmm. really important to, to the mm. children. It, it's normal to them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely normal, yeah. and absolutely yeah. normal to consider other people's needs, other people's wishes, other people's um mm-hmm. differences, and to, mm-hmm. to 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 accommodate them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I this really talk about was it <laughs> no uh,
1: but 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 i, I was gonna say that, um i am at a new school now but those, those kind of children touch your heart and uh mm. it, it's yeah, uh, when do. i think about which children i miss though, you know some of the children from the provision are the ones that come to them come to mind just they have such big personalities
7: they, they certainly can have um and and they're also um they're all individuals. They're all. Mm-hmm. Yes, people. very much so. They're, they're all. Yes. Um, and they all have something to contribute and something to bring. Um, mm-hmm. I remember, again, I wrote a blog about this, so you may have seen it a, bit, a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. a, a, a young girl, the first girl I, I'd taught to have multiple sclerosis, um, and mm-hmm. I, not multiple sclerosis, sorry, cerebral palsy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> a completely different thing. She had cerebral palsy. <laughs> um, but when I was at school, I never saw a child who was visibly disabled. Uh, they, they, yes. they just weren't taught in the same schools as as, as mm-hmm. the rest of us. Um, mm-hmm. But the um, the inclusion that started in the eighties, from mm-hmm. the the uh, do you know I've forgotten the name of Baroness what what she called who produced her report anyway the 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 the, the report that gave us. Um, statements and gave us mm-hmm. um children coming into to mainstream classes changing yes. everything and, and yeah. i found myself teaching a girl who had cerebral palsy and she couldn't walk properly well she couldn't mm-hmm. walk at all in fact um, and because of that she had a twin sister and her twin sister used to go out and play in the evenings and she'd go out and she, and she was very um sporty did lots of things
6: but mm. this
7: girl with cerebral palsy couldn't do that. She yes. stayed in the evenings. She read books and she read millions of books. And mm. when we had in those days, we had the, the literacy hour and, and you had very tight timetables and you had sort of five minutes for um, the input and five minutes, no, five minutes for, for, for the starter, the warmer, um, yes. 20 minutes for the input, then, then 20 minutes for the writing and then you, you had the, yes. the, the, the feedback and all the rest of it. Um, Anyway, it was Uh 20 minutes for for the activity, which in Mm. um, most cases with English was writing. And this this girl, because she was physically disabled, she used a word processor. So she used this word processor and could, before the other children, many of them had written the date and underlined the title, she had produced two or three hundred words of yeah. brilliant prose you know yeah fantastic. and and what she did with that was she demonstrated to the rest of the class that because she was physically disabled she wasn't stupid nobody had to mm-hmm. tell them that because they mm-hmm. could see her work was brilliant. yes um, yeah she she showed me that there was a better way of working and i Mm-hmm. Bought. I mean, I was in a position at the school where I was in the in position in the school where I was in control of the budget. So, so I bought mm-hmm. a set of class word processors, and and mm-hmm. we all used them. We taught them all to type, and, and they used them, mm-hmm. and everybody's work improved. And and because that girl was in our classroom, yes, it changed attitudes. You you said about PSHE and so on, and it was sort of a mm-hmm. living PSHE lesson.
6: Mm-hmm. But
7: it made me a better teacher. It improved. Yeah. The rest of the class in their in their performance and it was just mm-hmm. good for everybody but yeah before warnock that's what i was the word i was the lady i was trying to think of before but before the warnock report that child mm-hmm. would never have been in a mainstream no world. never yeah and 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 that's sad and this going back to, mm. to, to the main theme of your, of your program <laughs> of the things that, that is really upsetting about ofsted um yes the off-rolling that people do the, the pushing away of children with special needs to try mm. and ensure that they get better ofsted gradings yeah you know, and you know, data and data that's right because yeah. the yeah. data mm-hmm. um, is rarely enhanced by an inclusive approach now, absolutely you, you, yeah you can get some fantastic children um mm-hmm. who, i mean like the little girl i was talking about who whose english was superb you yes. get some, some fantastic children who have um conditions of, of, of all sorts who will do mm-hmm. wonderful work academically mm-hmm. but you can mm-hmm. also have some wonderful children who have fantastic richness to offer to us whose academic work is not going to be so good and, and yeah. there are unfortunately more of those who have statements or it's not statements anymore who who have um EHCPs and Mm -hmm. who are um not wanted quite often by by schools because they 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 make life more difficult. Mm No and and that's that's wrong, it's sad, and it diminishes everybody. It diminishes the school, it diminishes the teachers, it diminishes the, Mm -hmm. the well it diminishes society really.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it brings me round to something that's bugged me since I did year two. And mm-hmm. if I could get you to talk about two words, and that is handwriting and Ofsted. <laughs> because yeah. I don't know if it's changed, but when I was in year two, I think to get even working at, you had to join up your handwriting. Yeah. And yeah, I just I think... Did- who cares? Nonsense, isn't
7: it? Absolutely. Like, I,
6: I, and, and...
1: in reception, like i oh, sorry. I have one of my brightest girls in, in my reception class, whose handwriting is all over the place. It's excellent Ooh. content, but she writes like her personality is because she's like really energetic and wacky. And I look at her handwriting and I think, "This is
7: you." So, it's yeah. trying and to. Oh. What, what you need really, and 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 this is. One of the difficulties with that is it, it becomes um quite sexist because boys very often mm. have um quite spiky sharp untidy mm. scrappy handwriting um mm-hmm. and left handers can find it very yes. difficult
6: you yeah know, they,
7: they, their arm rubs across the page you know you, you yeah give out these um these uh pen licenses in schools. And the child yes. with a pen license is very excited. And if they're left-handed, they end up smearing across the page. <laughs> um, yes. So, you, you mm. know, it, it, it's, it's all very problematic. And as you say, Ofsted, I don't think they do now, um, but they used to insist that, well, yes. it wasn't Ofsted, it was the national curriculum that insisted mm-hmm. on the joined-up handwriting. And Ofsted mm-hmm. is the policeman. Ofsted polices the yes. um, yeah. government diktat. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and that's one of my big issues with Ofsted actually that, that um, Ofsted doesn't really, well it hasn't got any independence it, the, the mm-hmm. inspectorate itself will tell you that it is independent that it is answerable <laughs> only to Parliament mm-hmm. um, but it isn't independent in any shape or form, it follows the go- latest government dictates and it's I mean, there are, there are examples of that, I'm talking a lot here, it's your no, show. No, please go ahead, no,
1: no, go ahead, there it is. I was going to mention that, and it goes in with what you're talking about, uh, you mentioned about uh, being, it being party political, yeah, and absolutely. what what comes yeah. to mind for me, especially being like Key Stage 1 early years, is phonics, and all yeah. these schemes that have popped yeah. up from out of nowhere that are now approved. and like don't get me wrong I do like a scheme but I just I also I heard someone talking about it so I don't know who it was but I think that we're all teachers and we have a, a bit of creativity in us so to having like for me personally I'm very creative and to have to stick to a scheme like a rigid scheme it, it scares me a bit as a teacher I think and yeah, I, I think Ofsted right. are looking yeah
7: yeah Ofsted are looking for a particular um, approach in phonics yes they, 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 yes insisting on phonics and there's almost this, um, this evangelical fervour of the new convert. You know, we have found phonics, and everybody wants yes. phonics. Phonics is wonderful, yes. it's brilliant. Yeah, and uh-huh. we we've been teaching reading through phonics since the Middle Ages, and probably before. yes, you know, you yeah. can find you can. There's nothing new. The
6: yeah, yeah. You, you can
7: Google mm-hmm. pictures of primers from from the Middle Ages which have phonics on them. And, um, really. Yeah, and, and it's it's extraordinary to think that that now, in the 21st century, well, 2022, um, Ofsted are treating this as if it's something new, as if it's something new, yes. as if it's something that uh-huh. teachers have never come across before. Yes. Because one of the things that, that they are... And again, it's the fervor of the, of the new converts and so on. It, it, it's mm-hmm. one of the things that they, they don't seem to realize is that for some children, they need more than just phonics. Yeah. They, need, yeah. they need other things. They need other clues. Phonics doesn't tell the whole story. Um, and, <laughs> and, and phonics never could. I, I mean, I think of a girl that, that, that we taught. Again, we were mentioning the autistic resources mm-hmm. before. Little girl who joined us, and she came to us from a special school, and she joined us in year two. Um, and she she was very, very good at decoding. She could read pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. And when she got to Key Stage Two SATs, mm-hmm. she did better on the spelling than yeah. any other child in our school. I think it was yes. 19 out of twenty She got the spelling. She was well, absolutely yes.
6: The spelling
7: mm-hmm. was wonderful. She could read. She could decode any word you put in front of her. She could tell you what it said. Mm-hmm. She couldn't read a paragraph. Com- yeah. Not in the sense of understanding what it a said. Comprehension. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's, also, that's the phonic screening as well. Yeah. Like, I, would, I would rather give them a little passage and ask them some yeah. questions about it.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Which shows the comprehension yeah. rather than just absolutely. the print. And, and a lot of the phonics schemes are, let's be honest, deadly dull. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, I, I learned to read at a very strange time in, in school's history in, in England. Um, when
6: mm-hmm.
7: right across the, the country, they, they were using a whole word scheme called Janet and John. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of Janet and John. Yeah, but, my parents but, did that. Yeah. <laughs>
6: yeah.
7: Well, I can remember very clearly that one of the first sentences I learnt to say was, yeah. "See the aeroplane fly, John. <laughs> See the aeroplane fly, John. Aeroplane is not free.
6: Yeah.
7: <laughs> uh, no. John, J-O-H-N.
6: No, yeah.
7: Not, and it's it's a very odd phrase to have." very early on in learning to read and mm-hmm. and yet a generation of children learned to read with janet yeah, and, john. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, and teachers were supplementing that with their own phonics you know that they, they, mm-hmm. they, they were saying right uh, yes we've read janet john but we also are doing other things with with phonics and and mm-hmm. now we've always come full circle that that, that we are teaching through phonics but teachers are supplementing that with other things, you know, books that might have airplanes in them and
6: yeah. other non phonic things.
7: Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it, it, it's it's interesting. The phonics is 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 a case in point of, as you say, following the political masters. Uh, one that 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 really bugs me and
6: mm-hmm.
7: re- really shows the political. Um, agenda of ofsted is the pupil the the sports premium now the sports Mm -hmm. premium brings money into the school and it's money Mm -hmm. that is ring fenced for pe now that's great Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i'm all in favor of money for pe and if people are going to give me money and say you must spend that on pe well that's fine i'll I'll do that that's not a problem the thing about Mm -hmm. the sports premium is that from the first time it was announced we were told that we had to put on our website a report saying mm-hmm. that this is how much sports premium we're getting this is what we're going to do with it this is how yeah. we, it will improve our, our sport provision and this is know, and it it was it, it was something that had to go on the website because a minister had decreed that it had to go on the website of mm-hmm. then, the, the chief inspector, it wasn't Amanda Spielman at the time, it was Michael Wilshaw, said yes. that their inspectors would be looking for the compliance of the mm-hmm. website. They'd be looking to see yeah. what, whether the, the um, sports premium report was on the website. Now, it really irritated me that because we had to jump through hoops to justify the sports premium. I was getting half a million pounds for autism mm-hmm. in the school. Nobody asked mm-hmm. me to put that on the website. Well, yes. I yeah. spent this money and wait it was gone. Yes. And, and I was getting, you know, 30,000 pounds. I was getting far more than for the sports premium for English as an additional language. Again, nobody asked me to, to report mm-hmm. on, on that on the website. And that was purely a government agenda. It was in the wake of the 2012 yeah. Olympics and the government yeah. decided, we we wanted Mm -hmm. to make a fuss about this and and then ofsted who were who will tell you on their website that they are independent Ofsted (laughs) immediately started um inspecting this and looking for it and and judging whether you were compliant or not Uh, it's Mm -hmm. it's a very political organization and 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 this this again brings me sorry again Please feel free to interrupt because I No, please that go I'm ahead. No. please. this this is where um, I feel we've got a really big problem in our country and Ofsted is a symptom rather than mm-hmm. the problem itself. Um yes. and our problem is that we do not have an educational philosophy. We do not know what we want our schools to do. We do not know mm-hmm. what a good education looks like. Mm -hmm. every other country i say other i'll leave out the other every country that it Mm -hmm. has a successful education system finland Mm -hmm. japan um, the netherlands singapore you name it they have a system that they have sat down in a non-partisan way and they have discussions with professionals with interested parties with researchers with authors with with um, pupils with parents, they've mm-hmm. sat down and they've decided, what do we want as an outcome from our education system? Mm-hmm. How do we want to achieve it?
6: Mm-hmm. Right.
7: Then let's set up our schools to provide that, to 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 achieve that outcome. And success in things like PISA and TIMS and the other international comparisons come as a byproduct. They're not what mm-hmm. they're aiming for. It's not what they're trying for. Our system since 1944, since, since the Butler Act, um, mm-hmm. we haven't had an agreed non-partisan system of, of, of um, education. So for instance, Michael Gove took office in 2010 <laughs> and immediately mm-hmm. scrapped everything that had gone before. He changed the national curriculum. He reversed inclusion. He said he wanted to end the bias towards inclusion. Um, he, he changed many, many things And in 1997, the incoming Labour government had ditched what had gone before, you know, and and the Thatcher government had, well, completely turned everything on its head by bringing in the national curriculum and Ofsted and Hmm. um, SATs and league tables, all of those things, which all of them were partisan. While they were doing these, there were groups in the country saying, no, don't do that. That's wrong. It won't work. It won't achieve what you want. And i i'm trying to think of the exact figures now but but we introduced the national curriculum in the 80s and it took 12 mm-hmm. months to in, introduce the netherlands introduced a national curriculum around about the same time it took them 12 years
1: <laughs> i was gonna say that 12 months is
7: i mean it's not even a school year is it no it isn't and 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 it, it <laughs> happened very quickly and, and of course what wow. is that that um, it was unworkable. It was completely unworkable. Yes. And I mean, yeah. this is ancient history for most of your listeners, I'm sure. But, but <laughs> 19, was it 92, 93? Anyway, whatever year it was, um, it was the, the the National Curriculum was introduced, and almost immediately there was a review, and the Deering report had to come in about how we could cut bits out of it because it was completely unworkable, and and yeah. it was it was driving teachers out of the profession and it was driving mm-hmm. teachers into sickness you know it was really yes. it was a really dreadful thing and and that should never have happened it should have been a whole debate it should have been uh, everybody agreeing this is what we want for our young people this is where we want mm. to go. we've got now a, a, a school inspectorate which inspects our schools and, and it claims on its website that it wants to to um Achieve excellence um, in mm-hmm. in schooling, but he doesn't know. We yes. don't know as a society. We've never agreed as a society what excellence looks like. That's we, interesting. We,
6: yeah,
7: I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the Kaler schools and the um, or the Kent school and the other schools who have this zero tolerance approach. This approach mm-hmm. where you, the, the, the corridors are silent, the children sit in rows and track the teacher. You know that all mm-hmm. of that. And at the other end of the spectrum, we've got funded out of the public purse in England Steiner schools, which are completely
1: different. Mm-hmm.
7: And One of my I have to say one one sorry one of my old
1: colleagues worked for Steiner and she she loved it. And I yeah. I believe you you don't have to be a trained teacher a qualified teacher to work there, but I,
7: I they I probably wouldn't mind. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I wouldn't be surprised. But, um, yeah, I but mean, they
1: have an ethos, don't they? It's a bit, it's yeah, a bit yeah.
7: like Montessori. Absolutely. And yes, and Montessori yeah. is another one. Yes. Um, and, and yeah. Montessori and Steiner both have this unhurried, creative approach, allowing mm. children to pick things up at their own pace. Um, I think yeah. Montessori has knitting on the curriculum, but you know, mm. it, it's, it's a very, very different approach. And if those are mm-hmm. the extremes, Steiner and Montessori at one end, mm-hmm. and um, Michaela at the other end, there's a yes. whole gamut in between. And mm-hmm. Ofsted is inspecting them all with the same framework. Now, mm-hmm. I heard what, what, what Julie was saying earlier, and mm-hmm. she was talking about schools being failed on their curriculum, their geography curriculum, or, or not being um, the, the geography curriculum not being implemented, or not being planned properly, for progression and memory, and so on.
6: Well, mm-hmm.
7: that's, that sort of approach in itself is anathema to something like a Steiner school or a Montessori yeah. school. You, you, you just mm-hmm. wouldn't talk in those terms. And yet, Ofsted is trying to say, this is what we demand. This is what, what, what you have to have. And, and it doesn't really matter what your philosophy is, what your ethos is, what, what your approach is. We're telling you, again, coming back to what you were saying about the phonics, and I heard Julie talking about it as well, um, about mm. people saying well, well we're achieving great success with this
6: mm-hmm.
7: well you can't be achieving success with that and if you are achieving success with that you're not doing phonics so it's wrong <laughs> and, yes. and yeah you know that that's the the, the the approach it's an incoherent approach and, and it's mm-hmm. um, it's failing society it's failing our children it's failing yeah. parents. it's failing schools and it's failing teachers
6: mm-hmm. and, yeah
7: and I think
1: that a phrase that comes to mind at the moment with Ofsted is cookie cutter, to me. Yeah,
7: yeah, yeah. Um, Everybody the same pattern. You're right. Fit in the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
6: Um,
1: I, and I also think going back to kind of everything you said, I was talking to one of my old colleagues who was doing I can't remember what it's called the MPQL. I think that's what it is, like a leadership course
7: okay, um, the that's it yes
1: yes 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 um and i think one of the tasks was to think about your school's ethos and mm-hmm. she said well we just don't have one and yeah. i think like you say all these other school these countries that have got it right japan switzerland finland sorry that have got it right like you say you seem to have an ethos of kind of a vision almost and it's we don't big have big... that in this country
7: no and it may not be that our vision would be the Finnish vision or the Japanese mm-hmm, vision, yes. or the yeah. Singaporean vision but it would be what's right for us and, and yes and we need to know what it is we need to know what we're trying to achieve with our schools mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, absolutely
7: you need to know an end goal yeah absolutely yes yeah. And, and and once you know the end goal you know how and the end goal it appears to me at the moment is Get lots of GCSEs, get lots of A levels. Yes, um, but we'll make sure that there are still children who fail at that because we'll redesign the the, the qualification system so that
6: mm-hmm.
7: only the As or the A stars count. And there's, you know, um, so so it it does seem to be that 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 what is valued is the the um, the academic qualification at the end of it. And there's a lot, lot more to school than that. You know, there's a lot more to education mm-hmm. than that, and there's much more to society than that.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. That's an interesting point to end on. That, like you say, there's there's more than more to society than just a grade on an exam paper. Yeah, um, absolutely. And. Yeah. Um, and I think that's uh, especially like you say, we were talking about the the inclusion. And mm. like you say, a lot of schools don't want those children in because they don't bring in those exam grades. Um, they're and, expensive to, because yes. you
7: know, they, 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 they cost money and, and, and yeah. they are expensive in terms of resources and time. Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm.
7: And they're unlikely, unlikely to enhance your grades.
6: Mm
1: it's uh, and it's that's it's a shame really
7: it's a real shame it's, it's yeah. a scandal yeah. in fact yeah yeah so, sorry i've i ended on a downer there
1: no that's so <laughs> <very laughs> sorry no it's fine. it's so interesting and like it's such a privilege to talk to teachers that have been in it for, for so long and i i agree with you wholeheartedly uh, on uh, that the, the this country needing a vision uh, an education vision i think um, yeah. And uh, the the inclusion also the inclusion conversation warmed my heart, John,
6: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
7: because
1: uh, <laughs> I, I do miss those children very much. So um, yeah.
7: it, it's wonderful, but, uh, and, and it's wonderful what they bring to a school.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it, it's it's strange, really, that it's still all about grades when it seems that PSHE came to the forefront a bit in primary a couple of years ago um yeah, and then, but and then but it's the it
6: way
1: again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so but uh, it, no, it's it really it, it's an honor to talk to such an experienced teacher and um <laughs> i feel like we too. could i feel like i feel like we could go on for much longer but well, uh, I, i'm I'm would...
7: talk for england so
1: i'm, I'm i <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i'd love to have you back on again i, I think we uh, just touched the surface with our lovely friends from Ofsted. So uh yeah. thank you so much for coming on. It's been really lovely.
7: Um no problem. And and in, enjoy your reception, teacher
1: <laughs> I will. I enjoy my reception and I will enjoy my underwear drawer in my classroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so Thanks
7: much, very John. Much, nice to Bye. speak. Bye. Thanks and Bye. You
1: too. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed the show guys. Um was a real mixture actually. We had our Ofsted chat at the beginning. Uh, we touched on Ofsted again with John and I think the really interesting point is that possibly as a country we just need a bit of a, a school vision and what do we want our schools to look like and what do we want our children to look like when they come out of education so just a few things to kind of ponder on for the the rest of the evening and i hope you've had a lovely first week back at school and uh nearly the weekend so thank you so much for listening in and thank you to julie it was a lovely really interesting chat and thank you to john as well so uh next up we have holly king on at eight o'clock so i hope you'll be back for that show and thank you so much for listening in i will see you next week
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live.